Tommy boy. Mikey boy. <laughs> oh, you're looking good today. You must have had a good night's sleep. I had a rotten night's sleep. Did you do something with your hair? Your hair looks good, too. <laughs> now, <laughs> Thank look. you. Here's, you're going to love this. There's a 36-year-old guy in China, right? Doing pretty good in real estate. He decides he wants to have, to have a good life. He marries three different women in three years, has a kid with each of them, and moves them all to the same neighborhood. <laughs> this sounds like an episode from Big Love. Remember that show? <laughs> yeah. He took advantage of some loophole because he married each one in a different province. So I guess there was no way of knowing, you know, the other one. Got, I don't know. And all three of them said he was a good husband. Okay. All I want to know is what this guy have for breakfast because I want to have what he has. Oh, I don't think you do. Can you imagine three families all in the same neighborhood? I can't go down to the bar and have a drink with my buddies without my wife on my butt, right? You know, I never could really totally understand the whole multiple marriage thing, you know, even though it's not legal here in some places it is. So why do it? I mean, you got to have know. you got to have constant variety. How about like seven families, you know, one for each day of the week? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. But the wife said that he said he, he traveled a lot. What he probably did. Traveled the down the street. Right. <laughs> He's got he was sentenced to two years in jail. And he says, after I get out, I will see who can forgive me and I will be with her. They have laws in China. Yeah. Okay. He said his only problem was having three mother-in-laws. I can relate to that, can't you? <laughs> Please don't get me started. Three women isn't big in me. It's trigonometry. That's what that is. That's what it is. (laughs) Really, I call BS on this, though. I mean, come on. How can you have three wives? You're right. What does he get out of this? A lot of sex. Because, you know, when one has a headache, he can just always go down the street. (laughs) That's right. What if they both have headaches? They go to the third one. Yeah, you always have a backup. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you remember all those movies or TV shows where a guy has two dates in the in the restaurant where he runs from one table to another, right? But this guy ran one from one house to another. Oh man, do you think he ever got the names mixed up with the wives or the kids? He's making some money, that guy, right? Yeah, he's got big pockets. <laughs> and maybe something else. That's right, know. baby. That's right. He's 36 and he's lived a long life already. Uh, I can't believe they all say he was a good husband. That's what's amazing to me. Right? Well, if they're happy, you know what they say, happy wives, <laughs> happy lives. Yeah. And here you've only had one wife and three kids. He said three wives and three kids with all different ones, huh? No, I was never in the NBA. So there you go. Tom and Mike. Remember a few months ago we talked about goat yoga? Yeah, yeah, goat yoga. There's a new rage now. It's called, that's what it's called. It's called rage yoga, where it uses beer, cursing, and loud metal music to release stress. It allows you to have a safe space to let go of your frustrations with rage in a healthy way. And the only way to wash it out of your system is with a nice beer. How about that? You ever think about doing something like that? Rage yoga. Yeah, people yell things like they're doing yoga. I can see my wife doing it. Damn it, I told you to do the dishes. Yeah. No? No. Nah. Maybe it would go something like this. Namaste! <laughs> hey, look, I don't care what they call. As long as those women are wearing those tight yoga pants, there's always going to be something raging. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> are, are you with me, my friend? You're such a pig <laughs> with a capital P. And what a great place to meet a guy. Hi, I'm into fitness. I drink and I can't control my anger. You're perfect for me, right? Perfect. So perfect. 
You should be on a station with the call letters WPIG. <laughs> I wonder if there's a station out there like that. I'm going to look that up while you're doing your next thing. Rage yoga. What an idea. I'm thinking of starting my own yoga club. It's called Poker and Hookers. In, in fact, forget the yoga, right? Poker and hookers. Yeah, there you go. It's a different kind of poke. Yeah, right. It's a lot like a Tourette syndrome support group meeting, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Let out all your frustrations right. that you're doing the yoga. I like it. It, it sort of seems counterintuitive. But. Being able to curse and drinking beer. I call that going home at night. Yes. It's no more yoga than a Taco Bell is the Mexican food. Are you with me? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> this is all getting very silly, isn't it? It is. I'd like to do some yoga class, but I really can't trust my flatulence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Is pulling fingers part of the huh. program? Well, you know what you call a woman, a beautiful woman in a tight yoga outfit, stretching? You know what you call that? What? Child support. <laughs> are you with me, my friend? I'm with you. Yeah, you are. I am. I, you don't want to be put- so with you. You have no idea. WPIG be- is my favorite radio station. Tom and Mike. You've had some bad smells in your life. Have you smelled some bad things besides, you know, what we're Especially talking about? hanging out with you. Well, there's, this, <laughs> there's a small Canadian town and it's called St. Mary's. It's in Newfoundland. There used to be a fish sauce factory there. They stopped operating in 2001, which is a long time ago. But the liquid is still causing problems. They made something called seafood sauce. It's a fermented seafood sauce that was only shipped to Vietnamese. They love this as a food staple in their diet. And they've left 147 giant vats of this when it closed down all these years ago. And the sauce is seeping out now. And the smell, they say, is unbearable. And the problem is it's such a small little town in Canada that they don't have the money to pay for the cleanup. And now they're trying to get the Canadian government to do it. Did some of those Flint, Michigan uh, politicians move to Canada? <laughs> I say get Mike Rowe up there. There's a dirty job for that There's guy. There's a dirty job. Haven't seen him on TV in a while. I wonder what's going on with him. I see him as they flick. I'm a flicker. Yeah. I go around the world. You know how long it takes to go around the world if you go to every station? A couple about, hours. No, no, it takes about 20 minutes. And then by you that go time, through every single station? Sometimes when I'm bored. Wow. I got too much time on my hands. You do. You've never done that? No. You've never gone around the world? No, I've never gone around. That's what you call it. You start at one and you go up to like 900 or 1,000. The strangest thing I ever came across, you know, channel surfing, but I didn't go through all the channels. I go through the guide, you know. Right was RT. You know about RT? Yeah, Russian television. Do you get it on your cable? Yeah, I don't watch it. It's strange because it's actually a lot more truthful than some real cable news. Are you talking about the animal station? The animal station. (laughs) (laughs) But I digress. Yeah, that animal station puts off some stinky sauce, too. (laughs) Especially especially about 9 o'clock at night. The other day... Kamala Harris, you know who she is? Right. She was talking about when she was in college, she smoked pot. Okay. And so CNN reports, Kamala Harris admits smoking pot. And then CNBC saying, Pamela Harris is okay with medical marijuana and recreational. You know what Fox said? Right. Kamala Harris travels around with a bong in her purse wherever she goes. (laughs) I can't believe that. Can you imagine living next to... A stanky fish sauce plant. I mean... I'm guessing the local diner doesn't serve fish, do they? You know, my days of hanging out in Cleveland before they cleaned up the air, the steel mills smell like 
you know, nasty rotten eggs. And you know what nasty rotten eggs smell Yes, like, I do, buddy. You? Yeah. What's the worst smell to you that, that makes you kind of gag sometimes when you smell it? Are you Is ready? It, yeah. Truffle. Really? Yeah. I hate truffle. Wow. In fact, that smell to me is so repulsive. If I'm at a restaurant, you know that place I was telling you about, that yep. restaurant that yep. we love? Uh, yep. I've got a wine locker, the whole thing. Now, they use a lot of truffle there. That's my only gripe. Obviously, they're not bringing anything to my table, but I purposely have this special table that's mostly away from everybody. It's kind of over in the corner so that if somebody next to me happens to order truffle fries or a truffle whatever i don't have to smell it i hate that smell wow i mean i hate it with a passion how about you i'm not a big i mean i like truffles i have a couple friends who are really into them and one guy who's pretty successful he buys some big truffles and it's worth thousands of dollars and we'll go to his house for dinner and he'll put the truffles on everything but anyway Ugh. the smell for me i don't know if you have it where you live right now, but you know when it rains sometimes, there's worms in the street. Right. And then the cars go over them. Mm -hmm. And when you go for a walk, the smell of those worms. I you don't can know. smell those worms? I've never smelled those worms. I didn't what? even know they had an odor. Yes, they do. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's, oh, it's kind of like the fish sauce thing, you know? If you pick those up and save them, <laughs> you can put them on your hook when you and Opie go fishing down by the creek. Or you put them in your compost pile. They're good for that. Okay. I had a friend who used to love the smell of gasoline. I, I don't mind gas. Right. But truffle, I'm telling you right now, they could uh, waft in the smell of gas or fish sauce or dead squished up worms in the street or skunk. Yeah, skunk's pretty bad. And I would absolutely be okay with that. But the minute they brought in truffle, oh. Yeah, I'd be so out of there, right? Yeah. No, I can handle all the other smells, but truffle, it's the worst. I, I have a theory that people either love truffle or they hate it, and I'm a hater. Just want to let you know. <laughs> all right, I it's kind of like Trump. <laughs> you right, you so love him or you hate him. We, we won't have you over for a truffle dinner then. Or a Trump dinner. Get me some of those <laughs> Trump, Trump steaks, would yeah, you? Yeah, baby, yeah. And some of that Trump wine. Tom and Mike. Do you remember a couple of years ago where they had this big story about, it was called Mars One Ventures, and they were looking for people that wanted to go to Mars, but you weren't going to come back. Right, yeah. And believe it or not, thousands of people signed up for it. Which Proving was, once again my point. There's a sucker born every minute. Yes. And well, people are what? They're dumb. They're stupid. Thank you. Well, it turns out this is all a big scam. So they took money? Yep. Oh, it's, these people are so sad. The company is going bankrupt. A lot of people are calling it a big scam now, and they're saying how they get their money back. So I guess these poor people are going to have to grow potatoes in their backyards now, right? Take some lessons from Matt Damon, right? This is if Trump University was a Mars mission. That's what it is. I think you're right. First the Fry Festival, now Mars One. What's next? The Bitcoin market collapsing? Yeah. How many people lost money in that deal? Did you follow this whole Fry Festival thing? No. Do you know what it is? No. A guy started a, a, you know, like Lollapalooza and that thing out in California called Burning Man. Okay. They started something called the Fry Festival where they had all these beautiful models and Victoria's Secret girls publicizing this big festival. And it turned out it was a big scam. I just thought I'd throw that in there. just to You know, we haven't looked inside the spam folder lately. Uh, speaking of scams. We'll do that. How about we do that on Monday? Okay. We'll do that on Monday.
you know, this Mars One was missing a few important things like science and engineering, knowledge, experience in aerospace industry, government support. This is a couple things, right? I think people are so easily duped, don't you? Like, did you know they finished that wall already? <laughs> so what's the biggest scam in your lifetime, do you think? The biggest scam for me personally, where no. somebody tried to rip me off or no, no. just overall? Just overall in your life. What's the biggest scam? We weren't around for Ponzi. I got to believe it's that guy in New York City. Oh, Bernie Madoff? Yeah, right. Who made off with billions? <laughs> yeah, and it worked for many years. I guess that's the best one I can ever think of. Other than, you know, Oral Roberts and you know, those guys. That's a pretty good scam. You remember Ernest Angley? That's a little before my time. I know the name. Wasn't he a Southern preacher too? Well, he's still on TV, believe it or not. He's out of Akron. His whole so-called ministry. You know, so many of those TV preachers, they've all just been proven as charlatans. So he's another one. Jimmy Swagger's still on the air. Right. I'm and telling you, these guys, even when they're proven guilty of the most heinous things, their stupid followers just keep hanging on. I mean, it just goes to show you what I've been saying over and over and over again. People They're are stupid. Yes. Except for people that like to listen to us, and if they can listen to us more on our podcast. That's which because is, we're elitist, right? Right. Yeah, yeah we're so What's elitist. This World Coming To dot com is the podcast. And thanks for bringing it up because, you know, you refuse to mention it. And you'll find out things like you never heard of before, like Tom does not like truffles. That's right. What's This World Coming To dot com. Tom and Mike. So it's happened again. A U.S. hunter, businessman, entrepreneur, just paid $110,000 to kill a rare screwhorn mountain goat in Pakistan. This Texas businessman is going over to Pakistan to hunt this endangered animal for $110,000. Now, they say it's for conservation. It helps actually helps the, the species. Yeah, the $110,000 to kill a goat. You're a brave man. You bagged a goat. That's a tough one, isn't it? You got to see a picture of this thing. It's a kind of a big goat, and it has these giant horns that look like a big horn, like a horn from a, a musical thing that you put it to your mouth and blow. It's amazing looking. So it's a horny goat. It's a horny goat. Horny goat. It's very aphrodisiac. This guy's coming back, and after that, the next up, he wants to shoot fish in a barrel. That's a little fair, don't you think? <laughs> what a sportsman. His name is Brian Ginsel Harlow. Three names, Thomas. What's with these three names? They're all usually murderers, aren't they? Lee Harvey Oswald, John Wilkes Booth, James Earl Ray, and Charles Nelson Riley. Charles Nelson Riley. He killed us with laughter. Oh, Hello. That was before my time. <laughs> but I'm telling you, shoot a goat. Nothing worse when you're facing a deadly goat coming at you. What is he going to do? Bad. <laughs> it's a sheep, you dummy. Oh, it is? Yeah. But what's with these guys shooting these things for, tr I mean, oh. Yeah, don't get me started. Got to mount some head on your wall. Right. I hope that screwhorn goat takes that big screwhorn and plows <laughs> right through that guy. That's what right. I hope. Right. He won't sit down for a year. Yeah, you got to Google this thing. Google a, screw <laughs> Google a screwhorn goat. It's a very unique oh, looking yeah. animal. You know, I don't want my wife seeing that on my browser history. Screwhorn goat. <laughs> Wonder what's going to pop up. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Bill Cosby's been in prison now. A friend of his, or an advisor, whatever he is, just came out and said yesterday that Cosby says, in a word, his experience has been amazing. He likes jail. Well, I don't know if he likes it, but he, he likens himself to uh, a political prisoner. 
like Nelson Mandela and Gandhi. Mm. He's pretty pretty full of himself. He speaks to his wife three times a day for three minutes at a time, right? Okay. Having to talk to the wife only nine minutes a day, that's definitely a positive <laughs> sign, right? Well, when you've been married for a while, he's been married a long time. Right. Well, it's amazing his wife still sticks by him, you know? Well, he, may, he was married all that time because he went out and he had a little strange all the time. That's what it was. Wow. His only visitors have been his manager and lawyers. He doesn't want his wife or daughter in this environment. He hasn't stopped thinking about the things that he's going to do when he gets out. Now, there's an optimist for you, isn't it? He's 81. He's got a 10-year sentence, but he's thinking about what he's going to do when he gets out. When's he going to be up for parole? I don't know. I think he might get 10, the whole, whole 10. Got to do the whole 10. Yeah. You know, one thing about Cosby, he could always tell a story. Now he's in prison. He's pretty popular. They listen to his stories. I guess he's got a few, doesn't he? Oh, my gosh. I bet he's got quite the funny routine. I think I should be really happy. You know, one of the staple foods of prison system? Jello. Mm. How sweet is that? <laughs> it's, the, it's the Jello. No, yeah, pudding pops. That's a valued currency in prison. I used to have this guy that called my radio show all the time, I swear. He sounded exactly like Bill Cosby. And I used to make fun of him and say, hey, Bill Cosby's on the phone with me. That guy sounded exact. And he wasn't even trying. But I used to always have him say three words. You know what they were? What? Hey, hey, Jello hey. pudding pop. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded, nailed it every time. Now, that's true radio entertainment, right? It sounds like he's having a good time, you know, pudding pops and Jello, telling stories. Maybe we should have him breaking rocks like a real convict, right? There you go. Remember the old days where they broke rocks all day? No. I never did any time. Tell me about rock breaking. I watched it Tell me move. about that. I, but, I don't but, know about that. But why do they have them break rocks anyway? What did they do with those broken well, well, rocks? I don't understand this whole rock breaking thing. What is that? They would have piles of rock. You would see prisoners with sledgehammers just breaking rocks all day with chained up to them. Didn't make sense to me. Unless they use that for gravel and stuff for the roads or whatever. I never heard of that. Oh, Google it. Yeah, I believe you, but see, your prison experience has served you well. <laughs> well, at least Mrs. Cosby knows what he's doing at night. That has to help, doesn't it? I guess. He's probably drugging some poor felon. You know, even though we're both from Philadelphia, I never liked his humor. Did you? No, I never cared for him. And I never watched that stupid Cosby show once. <laughs> and I'll do anything once. <laughs> Tom and Mike.